Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Beers on the Gridiron with your host, Connor the Cat, and my man, Tommy Tomatoes, sitting across from me. Hey, how you doing? Tommy, what are we going to talk about today? There's a lot to talk about. Well, I mean, I think obviously we should go on the draft. That's a big topic for discussion. I mean, one month away, a little less than one month now. We did a 1 2 16. I think it's only right that we finish up 17 to 32. Absolutely. I, I have a couple interesting picks here. A lot has happened um, in the last week with a lot of pro days, a lot of guys, you know, blowing our nips off uh, <laughs> with these, you know, combine uh, results, which I know doesn't mean everything, but still impressive to say the least and definitely has a lot of teams, you know, start changing their minds uh, on certain players. So definitely something that we're going to we're going to bring up. Um, and Absolutely. And I'm, I'm very equal biased. So uh, watching the pro days of Jamar Chase and uh, Kyle Pitts really has Just been, like, crying. Right yeah, now. yeah. In the fetal position yeah. every day. I get why they did it still. But uh, when you watch pro days like that, it's hard not to think, what if? Because you know they're not going to be there mm-hmm. as well. I mean, sure, the Eagles could trade up and everything. But I, I, would, I just, again, and I, I spent so many so many months thinking Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, but that's not going to happen, obviously. Yeah, you got to wake up from that dream. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Man. Um, and yeah, obviously, after a lot of these pro days, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of guys that were projected to go in the later first round that are be bumped up. So our one through sixteen draft could be looking a whole lot different as we get closer to the draft. But yes. we're going to stay true to it. Um, we're going to finish out seventeen thirty two uh, with the picks that we think best uh, serve each team, uh-huh. and we're going to take it from there. But before we begin. The show is called Beers on the Gridiron for a reason. Absolutely. Today, what are we drinking? Tommy, I'll start with you. Well, I'm drinking this uh, Tom's River Brewing, a uh, Happy Jack Flash, a uh, nice India Pale from our local brewery down in South Jersey. Um, Shout out Tom's River Brewing. You know what? It's, uh, it's actually very good, to be honest with you. And, um, I, I just opened it. I don't really have much to say about it right now, but uh, give me a second. I'll take a couple sips. Connor, go ahead. You bring you yeah, so I'm actually drinking another beer from Tom's River Brewing. Not like we planned that at all. Uh, I'm drinking uh, the Irish Eyes, the old Irish Eyes from the Emerald Isle. Uh, it's a New England Session IPA. Uh, very light, 5.1% alcohol. Uh, it's very, yeah, very light bodied, hazy. Uh, kind of has a blend of like citrus, um, centennial hops. It's like a juicy type brew um, but again very very light uh very easy to drink goes down real simple uh i'm gonna give it uh, a solid uh 6.4 uh on my scale of one to ten and no that's a 6.4 yeah yeah and no i'm not taking that from any other show about pizza ratings or anything like that so that's just strictly me that's how i set everything up all right well let me go back to what i was uh you know I just opened it, of course, but uh, like 6.3%. Um, it is easy to go down, so that's a plus for me to be quiet. Always honest. a plus. I'm not an IPA type of dude, but I'll be honest with you. If I'm at a bar, I'm not probably going to order this beer. Mm. It's, it's actually very good. So mm. I'm more of like, you know, your average Budweiser, all-American guy. But if I go to an IPA place, I'm not going to be upset if I get one of these in my hands, to be quite honest. Give me a rating. Oof. Um... I would go with a 7.3. Ooh, very nice. 7.3. Very nice. 7.3. It's easy to go down. It tastes good. And, uh, you know, it's got a high alcohol volume, which, uh, you know. We all like. We all like. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't have a problem or anything. I want to feel yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's been a tough day. Yeah. I would yeah. definitely work Great. So, we got a 7.3 for the Happy Jack Flash and a 6.4 for the Irish Ice. 
Uh, but Tom's River Brewing, check them out. They are awesome. So let's get started. The first thing that I want to talk about is this pro day. And boy, did these prospects show up. Uh, I know that, you know, pro days aren't everything, uh, but there is something to be taken out of them. Uh, one of the names that I wanted to talk about uh, was Jalen Phillips, uh, Miami edge rusher. Uh, I think that he was kind of projected to go late first round uh, in this draft. Uh, this draft is not a very strong edge rusher draft. Uh, there's not really any elite options. Um, you know, there were some of the names, Gregory Rousseau, at, also out of Miami, a teammate of Jalen Phillips, uh, and Quiddy Pay out of Michigan as kind of the top two options. And then there were some other, you know, decent options, uh, the kid out of Georgia, uh, along with Jalen Phillips. But no real elite standout options. But Jalen Phillips came in, and he was actually one of my favorite edge rushers in this draft uh, that I think you could get later in the first round and be very, very helpful, yeah. happy with. But uh, he came in uh, measuring at six foot five, 260 pounds, uh, 80 and three quarters inch win wingspan, 33 and a quarter inch arms. So he's got a pretty big frame to him. Uh, and he ran a 45640 uh, with a 36 inch vertical leap and 21 reps on the bench, uh, along with a 10 foot five inch broad jump. So this this kid showed up. He showed up big time. I mean, I think we're seeing this all over the place lately with just these guys that are coming in weighing 260, 250, 240, right. running sub four six. 40s, which is just insane to me. Um, but this is exactly what a guy like Jalen Phillips wants. Uh, this is what these coaches and scouts uh, and you know front office uh, executives want to see from a guy like this. And I think that that skyrockets him up the boards. Uh, he could he could potentially be the first uh, the first edge rusher taken off the board. I mean, he did he performed a lot better than. Uh, his fellow Kane edge rusher, Greg Rousseau, who, uh, similar weight, 266, uh, he's an inch taller, uh, kind of similar uh, build in that regard, but ran a 471, 40, uh, 30 inch vert, and also 21 uh, bench reps. And now, again, while this isn't everything, it, it, does, it does show uh, some of these executives aside that they don't really get to see so I, I think Jalen Phillips made a good case to being the first edge rusher off the board. So it, I'll, I'll be excited to see where he goes in this draft. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk about the guy that I'm going to have my about. It's going to be Jamar Chase. Um, huge pro day, 4.38 second 40-yard dash. A big thing about him was I know he's a good route runner. He's an explosive receiver, but is he a burner? At 4.38, you're, you're a burner at that speed. You got your answer. Absolutely. And you got a 41-inch vertical jump. You got an 11-foot standing broad jump. You got a 3.98 second 20-yard shuttle. I mean, you can put whatever you want, whatever stuff you want into these kind of numbers and, like, the, the pre-draft that kind of process here. Um, I do have to add that these are, of course, hand clock times. You know, normally at the combine days, you have the laser that's going to cut off the times and everything. These are human times that we are, we are having our resume. Again, I'm not discrediting that, but any hope of Jalen Jamar Chase falling 
by any means or the Eagles can come back up and get him. That's gone, guys. I'm sorry. But he did help out his stock. He's going to be a very explosive receiver in this league. I'd love to have him in. Unfortunately, I cannot. It's a bummer. I will not be upset that the Giants won't be facing a Jamar Chase-led Eagles. Uh, one of the other names, speaking of Jamar Chase, that I wanted to bring up, uh, I feel like in this draft, which, again, like last year, is very heavy on wide receivers, maybe, like, you know, last year people were saying this could be the best receiving class that we've seen maybe ever in terms of uh, quantity. Uh, back to back too. This year, year was awesome. that's what I'm saying. Last year, that that was the the consensus. Last year, this year is just as good, if not better. I mean, you can get receivers. I, I like there. I, I think that there's you know, 15 or so receivers that have the potential to be number one Easy. receivers, number one, number one B. Uh, you know, number one receivers are, are all built yeah. differently, but that's like. That type of talent. They're all going to transition well. And and I feel like going into the draft and over the season, a lot of uh, the praise and talk has been a, around the, the, the three. Yeah. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. That's been the big three that everyone talks about. And I feel like the forgotten name is Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. He's climbing up draft boards. He – so – a lot of people know Bateman initially opted out of the year uh, after contracting COVID yeah. uh, over the summer, and he also had some other health issues. But he rejoined uh, the Minnesota Gophers for uh, the Big Ten's delayed start, and he caught 36 balls over five games uh, before opting out again uh, after Minnesota went that's on a, a COVID pause. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, so there was kind of a lot of questions, uh, you know, about uh, his tape there and and whatnot, but I mean, his his play on the field in 2019 was just insane. Right. He racked up t- over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns with a 20.3 yards per catch average. Uh, and, and he kind of lost, he, he lost a couple pounds uh, this past year following COVID, uh, but so he's, I think he was, I think he weighed in at, in, 190 for his pro day. Okay, that's, but, that's actually really good. That's actually good. That's a good weight. But 2019, he was at 198. So what he told, uh, he told Pro Football Focus uh, that he'd like to be at uh, his previous weight, which is a little bit heavier, so, and that's what he felt more comfortable at. So that's what he's working on getting back in that that area. So hovering around that 200 pounds, uh, you know, he's just above six foot. Uh, Minnesota had him listed at six two uh, at the pro day. It was just over six foot, so he's in that six to six two range. So he has he has some height, and he backed up all of that with a four three nine uh, 40, 36 inch vertical. Uh, this kid, he's a he's, he's, he's a, a burner. Man. He's a burner. He's a contested catch guy. He finds ways of getting open, but he also can just he can get those 50 50 balls so uh i don't know where i mean he definitely a first round talent uh we'll see how actually this ends up in our 17 number one receiver talent right in rashad bateman so i'm happy he had a good uh a good pro day and i thought he would be there in the second we might, beginning, might beginning not. Stages, beginning stages. We'll see what happens in our draft. <laughs> All right. So, well, another guy I want to mention to you, um, I, I love my guys in the trenches. 
is Penny Sewell. Guy's a freaking monster. About it. And we all knew this before, but his measurables are just out of this world. He's 6'6". He weighed in at 331 pounds. His hand size is 10 and 3 eighths. His arm size is 33 and a quarter. And his wingspan is 80 and 7 eighths. And when he was uh, blocking Herbert's blindside in 2019, he did not allow a single sack. He's being compared to Anthony Munoz, the Hall of Fame left tackle for the um, Cincinnati Bengals. You know, some people compare me to Penny Sewell. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same size? I mean, look or, pretty much. Pretty much same size, <laughs> give <Yeah>. or take. <laughs> but uh, I think he's going to be a monster. And that goes without saying, but like his, his pro day numbers, I mean, he, he's fast, he's strong. He, he's gonna be he's gonna be your plug and play Hall of Fame tackle at some point, some whatever team's lucky enough to get him. I thought it was gonna be the Bengals, but you know we'll, we'll save that for a different day. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But Penny Sewell is gonna be a monster in this team. And yeah, I, and look, uh, he's probably one of my favorite uh, offensive tackles of the last couple of years coming out of the draft. There are a lot of people now that I've heard rumblings that don't have him as the number one tackle in this draft. I'm hearing a lot of teams have Rashawn Slater. Yeah, he's um, too. So, but I mean, regardless, two legit prospects at the tackle position. I'm very excited to see where they go and how they do uh, in their rookie season. Rashawn Slater, actually, by the time the draft begins, he could overtake. He very well Sewell could. The first he very well could. And I think there's a good chance of that happening. But Absolutely. I'm big on Sewell. I'm big on Slater. Either one of them, I would love to have my offensive line. When this draft comes around April 29th, 29th, yes, whatever day it is, I think I think Slater will end up overtaking Sewell as the first tackle off the board. Absolutely. Um, So there, there honestly, there were so many good pro days. Like I didn't really see a lot that hurt people's stock. Everything kind of you know built built some stock. What about Mac Jones? We think about his pro day. Well, so he missed a couple throws, but so that's no, that's actually kind of what I I think might have hurt his stock. That's kind of what I wanted to transition into. So I wanted to talk about the quarterback. So we saw yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson and Justin Fields light up their pro days. And a lot of people will talk about how, oh, you know, throwing, just throwing balls to receivers is, is meaningless. Guy, and you can yeah, be. I'm going to be because I, I do not put a lot of stock in someone who's not being rushed by a pass rusher or who's not covered by another corner on I agree because I mean, if if that's what people are getting graded on, then you and I, you and I, you and I could have you know made it to the league. Yeah, you know, right, throwing right. the ball in the backyard. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I, I never know. After a couple beers. After from Tom's Tom's River Brewing. Tom's River Brewing, absolutely. But um, I, I just I don't put a lot of stock into these kind of throws where they're throwing to nobody and contested catches. I want to see those tight with the throws, all that kind of stuff. Show me the tape. I don't care too much about the pro day. And that's completely understood. And I agree with that. I I do. I'll say this, though. When I see a throw like Zach Wilson made, um, and actually Justin Fields made a similar throw to his pro day, where you're going like backpedaling off the back foot and you're throwing it 40, 50 yards and making a completion, that just shows me, though, that you have the arm talent. And th- if anything, it's it's like an icing on the cake. It, ju- it that's what it is. It's not that I base everything off of pro day, but when I see something like that, I'm like, this kid's got that arm talent. I so went to bed just until saw that throw. And he, he oh, said, I had to, had to, yeah, yeah, had to, because everyone was talking about it. You go viral. Um, so I mean, the, the pro days are there for the reason that dr- that drill is there for a reason. So they see that it does go a long way. But yeah, so I do want to touch on Mac Jones real quick because. Yeah, yeah. He seems to be 
the the, the topic of conversation lately. Uh, I don't know why. I, I, I don't know why you bring up draft. I, I don't. I don't get it. I, I like. I'm hearing. I'm hearing that San Francisco might take him at three. And I'm hearing, regardless if that's a smokescreen, I'm hearing that other teams just have him yeah. rated super high. And and trust me, I don't think he's bad. Is he a Nick Saban guy? Is that all? I, I don't. But but what other Nick Saban guys have really made it as quarterbacks? Does Jalen Hurts count? I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just being, uh, you know, pro-eagle. When you talk about <laughs> McCarron, yeah, yeah, like, McCarron. Yeah, like I, I, I don't to know. Me, I don't know. Jaylen, yeah, I, yeah, and like Tua, Tua, definitely. There's the jury's still out, and I do have some faith in Tua. But yeah. I'm, but Tua, I would even say Tua is more of a, uh, like there's an asterisk there. Like the, the other, the other quarterbacks at Alabama, it's never been known as a quarterback school. It's no defense, matter. running back, wide receiver, yeah. offensive line, every, everything else. Everything, everything else. Quarterbacks. Yeah. Everything else but you know, quarterbacks. Good good yeah. But here's the thing with Jones is, again, you can't really take too much into account here, but – he overthrew a handful of balls to Devonte Smith. Did you see that um, that, big, that uh, viral video that went out of him like missing a throw and then they panned and Bill Belichick shaking, shaking his head? His head? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which I don't I mean again nowadays I don't even know if uh, Jones is going to fall to the Patriots, but uh, well, he is. I don't, I don't know if they're taking him. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I, I I don't know. I feel like with those those drills where it's there to showcase your arm talent, where you might say, oh. If a guy like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields makes a crazy throw like that, how much does it really count? Because you know he's not facing a he's not facing a rush. There's no coverage, blah blah. blah. But when you're not facing a rush and have no coverage, and you're overthrowing guys on those, like I feel like that 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 says something. That that shows you something. It does, especially if you're in gym shorts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, in gym shorts, and you're throwing a Devonte Smith, yeah. and again. That brings up the next point is during the season, this guy was throwing to Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Uh, not Jalen Waddle all year, but they have guys over there. They have they have guys there that he was throwing to and just having Devontae Smith and, and their other receiver who's not in this draft. Uh, I forget his name, but he was also really, really good for them. Yeah. Uh, so he's got arm strength. Uh, you know, he can throw it 65 plus yards. Uh but I just I don't know I, I I don't really know about him. Like he didn't he didn't wow me. He he, he doesn't really wow me that much. Much he seems like a safe a safe guy. But I still have a lot of questions on Mac Jones. He's gonna go before Trey Lance in the draft. Which I mean again that that's where they could view because I He's I said it before. I think Trey Lance is the boom or bust guy that Patrick Mahomes was in that in that draft. Like I think that it's he's either going to boom and be a top 5 quarterback right away yeah. or he's going to bust. I, I I don't think there's an in between. I could be wrong, but I don't think there's an in between for Trey Lance. Mac Jones, I feel like it's going to be kind of a you see what like, you know, you get what you see. What you see is what you get is what the, <laughs> what the real uh, before, expression before, is. Before we move on to like our mock of the 17 and 32, I just want to mention one more guy. And then uh, I, I, I just, Kyle Pitts, which is an obvious like top top of the draft type of dude, but his pro day was the same. He's, he measured at a six foot six, 245 pounds. 
He has an 83 and 3 inch wing, uh, wingspan, and he has a 33 and a half inch vertical and uh, recorded 10 feet 9 inches broad jump and managed 22 reps of a 225 bench press. The guy's a freaking monster. Is he? Do you think he's gonna? The big question is: Is he gonna transition more into a wide receiver at the pro level, or is he gonna be a tight end? That's the real question. I think that all depends on where he goes. But make no mistake, Kyle Pitts is the best tight end prospect that we've seen yeah. in years. And now I'm not saying okay, is he? He's gonna be better than Travis Kelsey. He's gonna be better than Rob Gronkowski. He's gonna be a Travis Kelsey type. Yeah, but he he absolutely like this guy has everything you need to be the greatest tight end of all time. Yeah, like he has that potential. I mean, he. This is what what what? Well, uh, there's a lot of comparisons to Calvin Johnson here. Put him at receiver. And again, again, I think he'll be used in a hybrid role, and it depends on where he goes, but. When's the last time a tight end has been talked about this much this early? It's very intriguing. Jeremy Shockey, maybe. Yeah. Like. I mean, this and Jeremy Shockey was a great player. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing. I, you know, I'm not comparing. I think Kyle Pitts will ultimately be one best, better than one of the best Giants. To yeah. Yeah, and this, this, this guy is something. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. I, I'm talking about more so dra- like pre-draft. I mean, right. Jeremy Shockey was kind of like this. You find the diamonds in the rough. You know, yeah, like exactly. Waller, I mean, well, even Sackers, even even Kittle take I mean, even Rob Gronkowski and Travis yeah. Kelsey were drafted right. in the what second round? And yes. Were both of them second round? Gronkowski was. Gronkowski definitely was. Kelsey maybe Kelsey. third. I think he was second round too. Yeah, he might have been. Yeah. yeah. Or no, Kelsey. I think was but, fifth um, round. I, I th- like I, I'm trying to think because he had some issues at Cincinnati with getting into trouble. Okay. Uh, let me see. He was just saying he was drafted. Oh, round three, pick sixty-three. Okay, but still, still, I mean, you know, these guys aren't. That's the difference, though. Like, like these guys are drafted in the second to fifth fifth round, but Kyle Pitts is going to be taken in the top ten. Easily. There's, there's even words going around Atlanta, which we'll get into later on when we get closer to the draft. But guy's a stud. I mean, I, I believe that you should line him up at receiver. Um, I think he has a total mismatch for anybody that's going to be on the other side of the line of scrimmage. What do you think? I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, yeah, uh, I think uh, let's hit up our uh, 17 to 32 mock draft. I have so much fun doing I actually am fighting the urge to go to 132 on this whole pod, but we'll have we'll have an opportunity to do that. But we only did one to 16. It's only right that we go 17 to 32. And we'll also do another mock draft before, right before the draft, and see if we have any changes to that. Oh, we, uh, we know we are. Oh, we definitely will, especially after I'm some of these at our pro days. Right now, and I, I want to change one. Mm-hmm. Except for one or two. But anyway, so. All right, so we are on the clock with the Las Vegas Raiders at pick number 17. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with Christian Darisaw, tackle, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech uh, for the Raiders. Uh, they just signed Colton Miller to a huge contract that made him the fifth highest paid uh, tackle in football. They definitely need offensive line help. They need a bunch of help, but... I think they, they're investing a lot into their offense. I mean, you know, you have John Gruden back there. So 
a lot of that rides on that offensive line that was once really good, um, kind of took a step back. Right. I think they strengthened that up. So they, you know, helps Josh Jacobs out, helps Derek Carr out. Uh, I definitely think they look to add another receiving threat uh, somewhere in the draft to help out with Darren Waller and hopefully Henry Ruggs takes another step. But they have Brian Edwards there too. Uh, we'll see what they do throughout. But I think strength – they have so many questions on the defense. So I think that defense is also uh, a big a big need of theirs. But I'm going to say Darisol probably the best uh, – best player here for them and that's my pick i know i mean it makes sense for that, that team yeah. it really does yeah uh so we have the dolphins pick up your team they're very aggressive so they, they, let me just say this they're they're like a, a prime trade up or trade back candidate because they need some offensive line help and if they want to trade up for a little like you get a shots later if he drops or a penny sewell see if he drops that's an opportunity for them but Let's say they stay where they are at 18. I think they're going to go Christian Barrymore. Um, they need the defensive line help. Um, it'll help bolster that a little bit. And especially they can, they can uh, address the offensive line help later on. Um, he's, he's an animal, so he's going to do well on, on the defensive line. And Brian Flores will be able to use him. I, well. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, that can bolster up that line. Um, put him... Next to who was their first round pick? Uh, uh, Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah, Wilkins. Put him next. Put him next to Christian Wilkins. That's a scary. Like that's that. a scary front. And they, and they're the type of interior. They're the type of interior defensive lineman that can get after the 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 quarterback. So I mean that's that's a that's a good pick for them. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I thought so too. But again, I, I really think this is a big trade up candidate because I think I see one of those tackles dropping. And the Dolphins might be the winners of this draft by getting a pick at six, and they could trade up from 18 to a spot where they want to. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, again, this is also a very, very deep offensive line draft. So it they is, could win because, again, like Darisaw yeah, could so fall. Stud. I think there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of good – I think they could take a lot of other ones uh, in this draft. But okay. uh, regardless – They could take a Walker Little. Yeah, that, well, that's what that's kind of what I was thinking. Actually, I was looking at Walker Little from Stanford. Uh, so, the next pick that I'm going to have so it's for Washington football team, and they have you know a couple different needs. Obviously, they would like to probably get a quarterback, but all the quarterbacks uh, worth taking here are gone. Uh, Fitzpatrick, I think, is is solid enough to be a placeholder this year. Uh, they just signed Curtis Samuel to go along with uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, so they have some decent receiving options uh, and Logan Thomas. Uh, I think they would need some offensive line help, but I think they also need help at linebacker because, uh, you know, they have Kendall Fuller. They signed William Jackson. So their secondary actually did get bolstered up a bit. And we know how good that uh, that line is and you know the front seven mostly but i think adding another linebacker would be really beneficial to them and i'm gonna go with i might butcher his name but jeremiah owusu karamora out of (laughs) notre dame uh, yeah i'm great um (laughs) so uh out of notre dame uh, i think that adds another linebacker to that core back there uh, who can, you know, play the run, help get after the pass if, pass if needed. 
I think I think Washington really focuses on defense and just like it's one of those things. It's already a huge strength. Make it even stronger. Your offense will get by. Uh, it's a deep offensive line class. You can get offensive linemen and another receiving threat later in the draft. And you know, you got you got weapons. I think Washington could be a threat uh, this year again. I agree, hundred percent. Washington could go there, and they would both be the uh, linebacking core. Um, so I'm looking at this board here, and I can't get my eyes off Rashad Bateman going to Chicago because I think Alan, well, Allen Robinson is on a franchise tag right now. He could get traded. They could get a deal done, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But he's going to help out a lot with um, who they have playing quarterback. Oh yeah, Andy Dalton. He's going to help out a lot there, and I think Rashad Bay would be a, a tremendous asset to the uh, offensive game. He could, he could, he could be a game breaker for him. Man, so <laughs> I know you, you love, just, you, you just, love Bateman, you right? just stole my pick for the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, I Carson think gets no help, <laughs> none. I want him having no help. I think that if Rashad Bateman falls the Indianapolis Colts at 21 and you're going into next year with the Colts having Rashad Bateman, Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, uh, along with, you know, Jack Doyle uh, still with, with, uh, with Carson Wentz, Frank Reich and Jonathan Taylor. Watch out for the Colts. Yeah, Watch out for the Colts. They will be legit. They already got a stellar defense and a great offensive line. They're going to be – you're going to be in trouble. Uh, Carson played 70% of the snap. <laughs> Give me that first round. But anyway, that would be a dream scenario for the Colts to get Rashad Bateman. But I just think the, the Bears are going to take But it. now that you picked Rashad Bateman, I'm going to pick my next wide receiver off uh, – Off Purdue, Rondale Moore, uh, who also had a monster pro day, ran a four-two-seven, I believe it was one of the fastest forty times uh, ever recorded. Uh, a little undersized, he's five-seven, so he's very, very short. But this guy's just electric with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, you get him the ball on a screen, and he just takes off. He plays a lot bigger. Uh, then he he looks, he finds ways to get open. He has yep. great hands, has dealt with some injury issues in the past, but just an absolutely electric uh, playmaker. I think they add another wide receiver here and just bolster up that that weapon group for Carson Wentz and just go, go for it. I mean, he's only 5'9", 180 pounds. I, I thought he was 5'7". Yeah. <laughs> Is he five seven? He might be five. Seven. I think he measured at the pro day at five seven, but you know they could be right. a few inches off. But yeah, no, needless no. to say, he's a small guy, but he can absolutely fly. He can get open. He can catch the ball. He can make plays happen. Gets him another guy. They have Michael Pittman, who is a a taller a taller guy. Yeah, uh, they'll just have a. He was a second round pick too, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. They're just gonna have a very very diverse offensive skill group and i'm very excited for them to add a weapon uh to that offense absolutely so that brings us to the tennessee titans here i think they go edge rusher here um just a, a typical mike brable type of guy uh quitty pay from michigan um his uh size is a uh, 64 272 
Um, big big guy off the edge, and Mike Rabel, you know he loves his, like, you know, he's a defensive guy in the first place. I think he just fits the mold as a Mike Rabel type of guy in the defense. I really do. Absolutely, and the and the value there, too. Uh, yeah. Falling to 22, that's a good value pick for the Tennessee Titans. I like that pick Absolutely, a lot. Absolutely, because like, he could go sooner, but we have him falling right there, and we'll, we'll go into that later on when he gets closer to the draft. But Quiddy Pay at 22 for the Tennessee Titans, it makes sense. Which brings us to pick number 23, the New York not-so-football Jets. <laughs> now, obviously, they have a lot of needs. You know, We had them going Zach Wilson at quarterback at number two. Uh, they can elect to do a bunch of different things, uh, you know, add some more offensive help. Uh, I think it's best that they focus on the defense. They added Corey Davis. Uh, they drafted Denzel Mims last year. Uh, they still have Jameson Crowder, so they have a decent receiving core that they could bolster up later in the draft. Their offensive line, they added, obviously, Becton last year, who looks very, very good. He's going to be a good left tackle. They can, yeah, is. absolutely. And they can also look to bolster up the offensive line later in the draft as well. I think what they need to focus on is edge rusher. So I'm going to bring in a guy that I talked about earlier who I think will be gone at this point after his pro day. But I'm going to go with Miami pass rusher Jalen Phillips uh, off the edge. I think that adds another dynamic to that defense, uh, kind of you know helping out C.J. Mosley in the middle there. Jalen Phillips coming off the edge gives them a bit of a pass rush that's been anemic. Uh, in recent years, along with other positions, to be kind, to be yeah, kind. to be kind. But mm-hmm. I, I think I think Jalen Phillips is the pick. Uh, bolster up that defense. Worry about your other holes later in the draft. But the, the Jets have potential to to turn things around and make themselves a competitive team in twenty twenty one. Right. Um, so that brings us to the Pittsburgh Steelers and pick number twenty four. Um, I think they're going to lose Alejandro Villanueva. And free agency, yep. he's still out there. Yep. He could come back, sure he can, but at this point, he's not on the roster. So I'm going to go with Tevin Jenkins from the uh, Ohio State University. No, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State University, Ohio State University. <laughs> anyway, six foot six, 220 pounds, big guy. He's going to have the blindside of Ben Roethlisberger, and of course, the next quarterback that's going to be in there next year. Um, he just fills a void there. Offensive line is a huge, huge thing to have. And I think he's going to be the right pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers at uh, 24. Love that pick for them. Uh, just give Roethlisberger some more time. Uh, I don't know when that flame is finally going to flame out. But in the meantime, bolster up the offensive line. They have pretty much everything else on that team. Why not just add to that? Uh, so that brings us to pick number 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, they're going Trevor Lawrence, number one. They added, they added some weapons in the offseason. Uh, Marvin Jones, uh, they have DJ Chark coming back, uh, LaVisca Chenault coming back. So they have weapons on the offensive side of the ball. James I forgot Rod- they added Marvin Jones, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they, have, they have receivers. Uh, James Robinson running back. Their defense is young and promising, to say the least. Uh, but I would say their main focus has to be on the offensive side of the ball, offensive line, give Trevor Lawrence more help. Yep. I'm going to go with Elijah Vera Tucker, tackle out of USC. Just bolster up the offensive line. If you got to move guys around, you move guys around, but give, solidify that lineup just so Trevor Lawrence doesn't get killed back there. <laughs> give him some time. 
Absolutely. Uh, I think that's the pick to make for them. Yeah, they made a lot of good moves in free agency. They get the quarterback. They're going to have a lot of good uh, solidified positions there. So that, that's a good pick for them. I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, so that brings us to the Cleveland Browns at 26. Um, I think they're going to get another pass rush on the other side of Miles Garrett. It just makes too much sense. So Miles Garrett gets less attention. And this will probably bring up the best in Miles Garrett. And this next guy coming up, hopefully I pronounce this correctly, Aziz Olu. Oh, you Laurie. Hopefully I did that. That's okay. close enough. Close, close enough. enough. I'm, I'm not going to say it, <laughs> but I'm just going to assume it's close enough. Yeah, I mean, it sounds right. Yeah. So he's 6'3", 240, good size, um, good speed, coming off the edge and everything. So I think he's going to be um, great coming off the edge on the other side of Miles Garrett. His NFL comparison is Yannick Ngakwe. Um, and we all know how Yannick Ngakwe is. He was good the first couple of years. I think he has the you know projection to be a good – pass rusher in this league, but again, he's going to be a good um, addition on the other side of the line. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I think it's a perfect fit uh, for the Browns. The offense is obviously clicking now with Stefanski uh, calling the plays. They just want to bolster up that defense, which is already very good, but I think edge rusher is the missing the missing piece there uh, across from Miles Garrett to make them elite. Uh, that brings us to pick number 27, division rival, the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Now, the Baltimore Ravens are a very, very interesting team because you have you have a couple different needs here. They obviously are lacking a number one receiver. Uh, they could use some edge help uh, and even some help along the offensive line. Uh, Ronnie Stanley going down last year hurt. Uh, they've lost a couple guys. It's tough. You know, I, I look at some of the guys like Terrace Marshall, wide receiver at LSU. I think that's a perfect fit for them. Uh, Elijah Moore, wide receiver at Ole Miss, also a really good fit. But, again, with with the depth in receiver and the with the Ravens' draft history, I just don't see them going receiver. I mean, them going Hollywood Brown – uh, a few years ago in the first round was a bit of a shock to me in general. And he's good, but not really – never really panned out as a number one. He's more of a deep threat guy. Yeah. Uh, so I can easily see them going receiver, uh, but it's Baltimore. They're all about their defense. Um, I say they go uh, Jason Oway out of Penn State, edge rusher. He had a killer pro day. He's got all the intangibles as, you know – that edge rush guy, very athletic, uh, which I think there were some notions that he wasn't athletic, but he clearly showed that he is. Uh, I think they go him, improve that pass rush, stick to what makes Baltimore Ravens football so great uh, and worry about receiver in maybe the second round, see who falls. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a good pick for them. Uh, they need an edge rusher there. Baltimore just breeds great defensive players. So that, that makes the most sense for them. Uh, so we have the New Orleans Saints coming up at 28. Um, I think they're going to get good value here. I think they're going to go Elijah Moore, uh, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Love it. Um, speedy guy, 5'9", 185, uh, junior coming out of Ole Miss. Um, you know, we have Michael Thomas there. We, we, have a, we have a lot of good weapons there and everything. I think you just fits in well with what Sean Payton likes to do down there. They're going to want some speedy guys to get off the ball really quickly, especially with Drew Brees going. Um, I, I think he just fits in well there. Um, they need a guy who's a little more speedy and a little less sized, and he's going to fit in well down there. 
Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I believe they need to go receiver. Uh, obviously, their defense is very good. Uh, their offensive line is very good. They have Kamara. I don't really know what they're doing at quarterback yet. If it's Taysom Hill, if it's Jameis Winston. I think it's going to be Winston. Which yeah. Is, which we do on next thing. Um, his NFL comparison, Elijah Moore, is Cole Beasley. So uh, that's, that's a good, it's a good he comparison. Goes, goes short routes, good route running. And so. again, you know, they don't have Emmanuel Sanders anymore, who was actually very good for them. And the Saints always feel like this team where they have that one really good guy, but then they have a bunch of kind of, you know, island of misfit toys after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, 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 I like Traquan Smith. Like, they have guys that show up and then they have guys that disappear and they almost rely too much on Michael Thomas. So I think they need to bring in a guy like Elijah Moore, another guy that can take the focus off Michael Thomas uh, for, you know, some of the, t- so, <laughs> at least, a margin of yeah. the plays. They love burners, but Sean Payton loves his good route runners and guys that get off the ball and get, get separation rather quickly. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So that brings us to the Green Bay Packers. And this is a also a tough one because I feel like they, they don't have a lot of needs, but the needs they have, like they need to fill. A lot of these teams need number two receivers. They have Devontae Adams, and yeah, they have Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but... uh, Guys that Aaron Rodgers just brings out the best in. Yeah, yeah, and they never seem to really invest in that position for him, so I don't see them going receiver here, at least in the first round. They need some linebacker help. They need some cornerback help to solidify. They They have a good secondary, don't get me wrong, but I feel like they might want to add to another just like one more hole there uh so i'm gonna go greg newsome the second out of northwestern cornerback Uh, i think that just solidifies an already good secondary that really helps them because you could you could see in in the playoffs uh the nfc east uh divisional round uh, was it the divisional round or was it the uh was the NFC East Championship game when they played NFC East Championship game when they played Tampa? Okay, they just had trouble with NFC East Championship. <laughs> the, NFC East, sorry, <laughs> NFC Championship game. I'm stuck in the NFC East. That's I, right. I hate that's it. right. I wish I wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, you could just see it was it was problems, and they're gonna have to deal with that Tampa team again, along with a lot of other teams in the NFC that have good weapons back there. Uh, I'm going to go with Greg Newsom. I think that's bolsters up uh, an already strong uh, secondary that's for them. That's not a bad pick for them at all. It really is not, yeah. especially because uh, you know they have um, what? Oh my God, Alexander. Who's um? Who's uh, the Jari Alexander. Jari Alexander. They got Kevin King back on a mm-hmm. deal. He's not been panned out well, but if they get another quarterback back there, that's going to be beneficial. Absolutely. So you have Newsom moving up into the first round. Um, I'm going to have another corner moving up into the first round, too. I got a Santi Samuel Jr. going to the Buffalo Bills to play on the other side of um, Tredavious White. White. I like that. Um, I think he's going to be a great player in this league, Florida State guy. We know how those Florida State guys go. And if he's anything like his dad – He's going to be decent at tackling. I think he's, he's going to look for the picks. I think he's be- I think he's better than his dad. Oh, yeah. he, he's a little he's a little undersized, but he's actually better at tackling than his father is. That's one of his <laughs> strong suits. 
Uh, I really like Asante Samuel Jr. And again, Buffalo is one of those teams that has very few needs. And I think the needs they do have are all on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Cornerbacks, great. Just strengthen up that defense. Buffalo is a legitimate Super Bowl and contender next year. Back there, I mean, they got Tredavious White, they got Micah Hyde, and they got Jordan Poyer playing the safety spots. That's a great secondary if they get Asante Samuel Jr. there. And they can bolster out like the rest of that defense throughout the draft. I don't um, think Billy Bean or Sean McDermott's going to shy away from having that pick there. No, I, I agree. I agree. But I look out for Buffalo next year, just like you had to look out for them this year. Yeah. I think they're, again, another legit Super Bowl contender. Absolutely. Not to get off topic and stuff, but Brian Dable staying there is going to be so beneficial for Josh Allen. Big for them. Big for them. So that brings us to the Kansas City Chiefs, who are coming off a very disappointing Super Bowl loss. Yeah. Uh, And, again, you look at a Chiefs team and you think that this team is obviously a dynasty, uh, or at least they should be. Now, they had some injuries and some COVID issues going into the Super Bowl. Their offensive line was depleted. That obviously had a big effect. But at the same time, they do have other holes on that team. Uh, the defense is very spotty. Uh, they show up sometimes, and sometimes they're nowhere to be found. It's tough, but it's hard to it's hard to look past the fact that they let Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz go. And we went over this in a pod last week where I don't agree with them, of course, letting the tackles go. And then they signed Joe Tooney to this huge contract. Tooney to a huge contract. And then they brought in Kyle Long, who I actually like that pick. I think Kyle Long will be good. But you're bringing in two guards. Who's who's playing tackle for you? I, I, exactly. I mean, uh, guards you could really f- uh, find in a lot of places. Good tackles, it's hard to find those. And I, I just I, I don't agree with how they're building their offensive line right now. But – Hey, you know what? They have Patrick Mahomes, so they're obviously going to always exactly. do something right. So. Exactly. But. but that brings me up to their pick. I'm going offensive line. Mm-hmm. I'm going Samuel Cosme out of Texas. Uh, had a really good pro day. Again, I'm not trying to say that ever, whoever has a really good pro day deserves to get picked this high, but I really liked him for the last two years out of Texas. He can play tackle. He can play guard. Versatility is huge at the next level. Uh, I think this is most likely their pick here. Um, they could go Walker Little. Uh, they could go Alex Leatherwood. They could go a lot of places. They could go a lot. They could go a lot of places. But regardless, I think they're going offensive line. So you can pencil them in for an offensive lineman. But I'm going to go with Samuel Cosme. No, I mean it makes sense for them. I mean they need the tackle, so and it'll be like, it'll only help them out that much yeah. more. So that brings the Bucks at 32. What do they really need, honestly, right now? Um, I don't really think they need much. They don't really need much, but I think they're going to get good value at going for a safety here. They're going to go for Trayvon Morig from okay. TCU. Um, again, I, I started off this off saying they really don't need much, and especially if they want to repeat. They should cheer up that secondary a little bit. They got Antoine Winfield Jr. last year. And if they get Trayvon Mulrick, 6'2", 202, his NFL comparisons with Rashad Jones. And Rashad Jones was a good safety in this league. So I, I think he I think he has 
potential to um, not only make that, but probably excel that comparison. I think that's a great pick. I think they go either safety or cornerback, you know, Todd somewhere. Bulls, Todd Bowles will love that, by the way. Somewhere, somewhere in the secondary, I think, is the best pick for them. Obviously, they don't need – Offensive weapons. They don't need anyone in the front seven, really. They no. have. They're bringing. They brought back everybody. Uh, I, may, I maybe look at offensive line help there. Uh, to stra- I mean, again, Tristan Wirfs came in, did an incredible job. Uh, Alex Kappa, uh, Ali Marpet. They had guys that are legit studs. But you saw what happens when one of them goes down. You know, they they need some extra help along that line, but I thought that they were terrific last year uh, down the stretch. Uh, I think this is a good pick for them. Antoine Woodfield is a stud. He, is. he was I like probably – Remember when we did a Tyreek? Oh. He, they, they did peace, peace. Yeah, peace. Dude, that, was, that, was, that was something. I, I, I think he was probably – I don't think this is crazy to say, but probably the best rookie safety I this year, like, yeah. at least in the conversation yeah. for it. Um, I mean, if Xavier McKinney played a full year, he's probably the best. But uh, oh my god, here we go. Um, I I just want to say this this pick right here was my easiest selection out of this draft. Um, Big four. He's projected to go very early in this. Yeah. this first, not very early, but earlier than he selected in our mock. But this was my easiest pick. It yeah. just made the most sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think this is a very solid first round. Uh, we're definitely going to be making uh some changes. Uh, as we get closer to draft day, we're going to do another uh, mock draft, you know, one through thirty-two again for the first round. Let's make a whole episode of it. Huh? Yeah, we'll, we'll do we'll do a full episode, one through thirty-two, no stops, no breaks. Yeah. Uh, see where you know we change things up a little bit. Uh, see the risers, see the fallers, see if anything happens in the meantime. If there's any more trades, yeah, uh, which I doubt, but who knows? Dude, I'm telling you, on draft night. There's oh, oh on draft trades. night, there'll be trades yes. for sure. I'm talking before that. Yes. Oh, well, 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 not we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Not, not. We'll, we'll see. see. But uh, so, yeah, so I think what we're going to do is now we're going to transition into talking about our predictions for each division, uh, who we think are going to, as, as it stands right now, our early offseason predictions for each division, uh, the winners, the losers, uh, the wild card teams. And then I think we're going to talk about who our top 10 quarterbacks are. Oh, I love it. Because that's a highly debated topic. Yeah, man. Because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. And I remember, I remember talking about this, too. I had a huge, bold statement that I don't think Kyler Murray is in my top 10. Well, we're going to so get I'm into gonna, that. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that. So we're going to transition over to that right now. You ready? ready transition. All righty. We are back. Uh, so the first thing uh, we're going to talk about here is we're going to do our predictions for each division for 2021. Very early, but we're going to very do- early. Yeah, yeah, our early predictions. Yes. Um, this is obviously going to change as the off season goes on, especially after the draft uh, and you know injuries and training cramp and you know, whatnot. Free to see this in different phases. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But for now, we're going to give our early off season predictions. And uh, how about we start with the AFC? You want to do AFC East first? I think others do that. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do All right. AFC first. So AFC East first. Let's see. Let's see what we agree on, what we disagree okay, on. Okay, let's go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Buffalo Bills are winning this this division, and they're going to win agree. it handily. Hundred percent agree. Uh, they went 13 and three last year. I wouldn't be shocked if they go 13 and three again. I, I wouldn't be shocked either. Um, 
The Jets made some improvements. Mm-hmm. Patriots, I think, are always going to find a way to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins, I think, take a step back. I, I kind of see that too. I feel like we'll see what they do in the draft. They have a lot of they, they can add a lot of pieces, and they Good. can be competitive. It's going to be a very competitive division, believe it or not, a division that's never competitive, really. No, um, it's for once. I think it's going to actually can you be competitive. Being like a different fan than the Patriots. You know, just every year, just walking in, knowing what's going to happen. You Except know? if you're the Miami Dolphins in Miami, which for some reason, <laughs> yeah, for some reason, the Patriots it's magical. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's magical. But yeah, so I have the Buffalo Bills winning this division too. Who you got in second? Um, I'll go with. I'm going to go with the New York Jets. Really? Yeah, I'm going to go with the New York Jets. Very bold pick. Yeah. I actually really love that pick because I think the Jets. They actually do have the potential they if do. they if they do the draft right, which is a big if, but I do have faith in Joe Douglas. He's finally getting a chance to kind of build his own team. Absolutely. The Jets have the potential to do so. Uh, I would love to see it. I would love to see a New York team at least be competitive. So if it's be. the Giants or the Jets or both, hopefully – Let's see it. Uh, Jets definitely have a potential. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. At number three? At number two. Oh, no. Okay, number two. Okay. I'm going to go with them at number two. It was a toss-up uh, between them and the Miami Dolphins uh, with me. I think Miami's done a lot of good things. I think they're only going to get better. But I think while I don't think the Patriots added elite talent in their free agent sp- like spending spree. Really? I don't really think they added any elite talent. No, really? Matthew Judon, an elite talent team? I, I, he's not elite to me. Wow. Okay. He's good. Right. Don't get me wrong. He's good. Elite, I, love Matthew, el- I love Matthew Judon. Elite, though? I would consider him elite. Elite? Yeah. I, I, pro Football Focus had him ranked like 93 or something oh, like that. Oh, like, had him ranked like 12. Oh, okay. <laughs> who gives a shit who has who ranked? <laughs> who gives a shit? He's still a good player. What does your, your mom have me ranked? <laughs> One. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Okay, good. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I think Matthew Judon's a good player in this league, and I, I think he is a lead pass rusher. Regardless, I feel like Bill with the spending spree, uh, I, I feel like – The two tight ends coming in. Yeah. And all that. I, I feel like – I don't know. Not a John Smith guy. I love John Smith. I love him if just he can just stay him. healthy. But I just I, – I feel like Bill is just going to – after doing – finally spending money, which they never do – they're just going to find a way to make it happen. Okay. It's not, it's, there's not going to be any science to it. I, I don't understand. I don't understand how they'll make it happen, but they're going to make it happen. They're going to bounce back, you get know, that two spot. The biggest free agent spenders often implode, but Bill Belichick will find a way to make That's it. That's what work. I'm saying. He'll I just feel like it. he'll find a way to make it. Yeah. Uh, so that brings me to number three. I have the Miami Dolphins. Uh, a number three there. Okay. Uh, you. I would go New England Patriots. Okay. Okay. So we have we have that. We literally have a completely different. Yeah, which is which nice. Nice. It's nice. Nice. It's nice. Like it. We have the Bills winning. Yes. And that, but that, but that goes to show. That's there, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, and that yeah, goes to show actually how competitive this division can potentially be. Yeah. Uh, I really do. When I I have the Jets at four, just because I, I like. It's hard. It's hard for me to just give the Jets a, a higher ranking, 
but they have the potential to reach that number two spot in that division. And that's another thing I want to address. I think the Jets could, like, let's say if they take Zach Wilson, I think they're going to be a better team. That opens up or everything. maybe the New England Patriots to get Jimmy Garoppolo back. And if that's the case, I still think they finish third. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest. Who, who knows? I don't think that's too much for them. Who knows? But I think, again, in 17 games, seven teams make the playoffs. We're – the, the – Believe it or not, I'm not going to write this in stone because of the strength of the other divisions, but we could be seeing two teams from the uh, the AFC East – or, yeah, the AFC East make the playoffs. I don't think so. I think just the Bills. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I I think the Jets try to make some moves here. I think the Pages try to make some moves here. It's I mean, tough. It's a very competitive conference. It's tough because yeah, the conference is every the AFC. I North. could be wrong, but I, I don't. I only see one team coming out. Of yeah, so I, it's seventeen. It's four teams, three. So the, right? I'm saying one extra team could maybe make that push. It's possible. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's possible. It's Look how close be, Miami. Is it true? Was. It's going to be the second year we're going into this whole seventeen playoff yeah. format. So we'll see how that pans out. The, the AFC East is definitely a division to keep an eye on this year. A yeah. lot can happen. So um, I got Miami Dolphins, no surprise, coming in the fourth. Yeah. And that's, you know, I just I, I we'll said take a step back at first, but I think this it, is a giant step back. Well, I think it really all depends on the play of Tua Kagevola. Yeah, I didn't like him last year. He did not look good to me. Lowest passing yards yeah. out of – and, again, I think what, what was his average uh, yards I, for throw? I have like, to look that up to be honest yeah. with you, but I just know It was very that. low. When Fitz went in there to play, he bolstered that offense. When you're getting benched in the fourth quarter, that's not it's a good never side. good. Never good. But that's uh, that's mine and your AFC, racing, uh, AFC East ring standings. I have Buffalo. Um, I got the Jets. I got New England. I got Miami, just to recap. Yeah, and I have Buffalo, New England, Miami, and the Jets. Okay. Where do you want to go? Which, which, so, uh, which direction? Uh, I say let's uh, let's head up north, hey. which I don't really understand why they're north because I think two of the, at least three, actually three of the teams in the AFC East are more north than any of the teams in the AFC North. Yeah, I agree but that. that's besides the point. Um, AFC North. So who do you got winning that division? Um, okay, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won uh, last year. I'm going to say Baltimore. I I like that. I'm Baltimore's going Baltimore as well. They always find a way. Well, they find a way to get talent in the draft. They did lose Judon. They do tend to lose players. Yannick Ngakwe is another person. But he lost. he did not he did, perform. He did, he did, he did not did perform not. with them. He did, he did not, not do anything. No, he did them. But they always find a way to find a like really great talent in the draft. I agree. So they'll, they'll always build up, and they still got the, they got the quarterback solidified. Exactly. They do need a receiver. They need a receiver, but, but you, I you, think you well, can't imagine they don't end up getting one sometime in this draft. No, I think they will. But so uh, Baltimore's one for me, and Baltimore's one for you as well, right? Uh, Baltimore's one for me. Uh, easy. I, I don't know what Ben is going to look like uh, back with Pittsburgh, but. At Pittsburgh's definitely, I'm sta- I'm keeping them second just because of how good their defense is and the weapons they have on offense. And I, I still feel like they'll be able to do enough to get that second spot for me. So I got Baltimore one, Pittsburgh two. Ooh. And but don't get me wrong, the Cleveland Browns are coming, and this is a division like it was last year, like. 
this is a division where three teams will make the playoffs. That's my that's my prediction. Okay, so number two, you got Pittsburgh. I am fighting in my head who I want to pick second year. It's tough. It's not Pittsburgh. It's tough. It's going to be I'm, – I'm fighting between Cincinnati oh, and no. Cleveland. Oh, Cincinnati's got a long way. I don't know, man. If you get Joe Burrow back at full health, you get Jamar Chase there, I, I think they're going to make a good push, but I'm going to save you the agony. <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cleveland here That's too. fair. I'll, I'll take Cle- I'll Cle- I'll take Cleveland at two. I think Cleveland is going to be. I think it's going to be very very tight. I mean, look yeah. at last year, separated by one game. Pittsburgh twelve and four. Baltimore eleven and five. Cleveland eleven and five. Very competitive. Always a very. Competitive. I think three teams are going to make Usually the playoffs. Usually Pittsburgh Baltimore flirting with it, but, but Cleveland is they're yeah. they're coming. And I'm telling you, Cincinnati's going to make a push, man. I'm telling you. So if they go Jamar Chase, who who's protecting Burrow from another devastating injury? Okay, okay. of course that that's that's the big argument there, but. I, look, I think Cincinnati is doing. I, I, I think they have good weapons I, on offense. I, I think T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Yeah. I do think that Cincinnati is gonna is getting better and better. I don't think they're ready to compete with the big boys yet. Okay. I don't. I think they'll give tough games. They'll they'll put up a fight. They'll give tough games. They're not gonna be able to. You're just not walking through Cincinnati. Right. But they're not ready to contend for the playoffs. No. But that's a very competitive. Their division. defense is Cincinnati still. Cincinnati will get a win that you want. Sure. Win, absolutely. So. Absolutely. But their defense is still very. Very bad. Very bad. very bad, and, 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 and Gino, big Gino Atkins, right? Yeah, and yeah. and that's a that's a division that there isn't a bad defense in. You have Pittsburgh, oh, Baltimore, Cleveland. Those are dogs. those are defenses. Yeah. yeah. So they're gonna give Burrow you some trouble. People, you want to see people beat the shit out of each other? You watch the AFC watch North. North. Yeah. Yeah, you'll find it there. So I got Baltimore, Cleveland. You have Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Who do you got now going for? Baltimore. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and again, I think that's interchangeable. I think Cleveland can make that push. Uh, I, I stick with Pittsburgh because they have they have their w- offensive weapons returning. You'd imagine they're going to go offensive line and maybe add a running one of the running backs in the draft. Uh, their defense is elite, uh, top five defense in the league easily. Pittsburgh, yeah, I think they're going to step back. You have, but well, you still you have. Second best, pro- arguably the best pass rusher in the league in TJ Watt. I, I, yeah, but I, more Bud Dupree. But again, Bud Dupree kind of underwhelmed in Pittsburgh. Like he was, he had one good, he had one really good year, solid player. Don't get me wrong, but he never really reached his potential there. And he was in, he had injury issues. I, I think that, yeah. I think that they they find they, and they're another team that just finds guys like that. But TJ Watt is. All kinds of legit. I'm That's getting, trouble. I, I, I see, I'm just getting ballsy here, and I, I really, I really see Pittsburgh dropping because I think they've lost a lot of good pieces here. I think they dropped from last year. I don't think they're twelve and four. Don't get me they're wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're twelve they're and four. They're close to twelve. And four. I, I could see a ten and six, no. nine and seven team. Yeah, and like I, I respect that, but I, I respectfully, of course, disagree. I see them going seven and nine. And, and what do you have, Cincinnati? <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm eight and eight. Bold, bold. We're right. In, <laughs> we're coming eight. back to this podcast halfway through the season. Again, this is going to change. Of course, draft's not over. Frames not over. We'll, we'll have True. a training camp. So we'll wrap up here. So I have Cincinnati coming in at fourth, and you have Pittsburgh coming in at fourth. I do. All right. I do. All right. Write it down. I think Ben's uh, on his last leg here, and I think it's going to be. Uh, he's going to be worse than he was the year before which uh, he wasn't very good last year. Okay. Well, 
Hopefully, this next division is something I that we can. I love arguing with you, by the way. It's great, isn't it? I love it, dude. It's great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got the AFC South coming in. So where do you have that going? Well, just to make you happy, my number one team is easily the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, we I, agree on the number ones. It's all it's the everything ones else. Past I feel like we'll probably agree on this division though as well. I think. All right. So my number two is the Tennessee Titans. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, I think again they're going to give the Colts. It's going to be kind of a back and forth race. I think the Titans are still a very very strong team that they are. They have a good core that they can just kind of keep building around yep. um, and keep getting better. So I think the Colts and the Titans are going to be in a race for number one for most of the year. I think the Colts are going to come away with that one spot. I have the Jaguars coming in at three. Agreed. I think Trevor Lawrence is ready to go right off the bat. He has weapons. You know me well, huh? Yeah, yeah. too well. <laughs> uh, and I have the Houston Texans possibly – disenfranchising <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if they're going to be around absolutely but they're definitely in fourth and who i, I could see them I, they might go all in 16 uh, who, who's even playing quarterback for them they might get the oilers back that's, that's I'm, <laughs> they could be they could just change names and say hey deshaun look we're not the texans anymore we switched it up he's as good as gone Oh, forget yeah. about it. Well, so, he's good as gone in multiple ways. So, <laughs> yeah, for, for real. We'll talk we about that. Colts, then we have Titans, then we have Jaguars, and then we have the Texans. No disagreements No there. disagreements there. Didn't that expect could change, that. but I don't see it happening. Yeah. AFC West. Uh, Interesting division. Do we agree on number one here? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say... Yes. Yeah, it's going yeah, to be the fucking Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've been like really um, skeptical of their decision for the tackles and stuff, but I think they're just too good of a team Still. to let any of those other, uh, you know, bottom feeders <laughs> like surpass them in any way. Yeah. So Kansas City won for me. Yeah. They're easily number one for me. I mean, I think they're built to be a dynasty and they will be just that. Number two is also very easy for me and a team that I think Ooh. everybody needs to watch out for, the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly of San Diego. Okay. Also known as a whale's vagina. <laughs> Ooh, Anchorman reference, huh? I'm Ron Burgundy. I love it. I love it, dude. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. I hung out with Merlin Olsen on occasion. I can quote this movie with you forever. We could do a podcast on really Anchorman, good. really. So... I have number two coming in the Las Vegas Raiders. Really? Yes, I do. I think they're better than the Chargers. I think they're an all-around better team. I know Herbert's going to probably take a giant step forward. Which is exactly why I think that the Chargers are easily number two. I think the Raiders are They down, lost down, a lot of good pieces, though, the Chargers. Casey Hayward's gone. Hunter Henry's gone. But, again, Hunter Henry was non-factor there. Casey, I mean, they they're they're gonna get Derwin James back. They are have, they? Maybe are I don't know they? if they do. If he do, a he's one of the best. A fucking breakout. Well, breakout. I mean, he's just getting on the field. He's he's been injured. He's been injured. He's right. had injuries, he's but but when he's on the field, he's a top defensive option. Key like word. just period. Key words, I should say. Fair enough. When he's on the field. Fair enough. But they have. Uh, they 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 can add they can add in the draft they, and they, they can they, they, they can take a jump. They lost Melvin Ingram by the way, right? He's gone. 
Melvin Ingram also a non-factor. But I mean, he's old. good passing outside Joey Bolson. Yeah, but he he was old, not doing much. I, I'm not worried about that. They can, add, role, they can add somebody in the draft. Really anybody? Literally anybody. Okay. I really don't think Melvin think Ingram. Melvin I, I thought Melvin Ingram was Melvin great Ingram, in his prime, right. in his prime, but not not lately. Right. Well, he's old now. He's old. He wasn't doing much. Trust me, I had him on my fantasy team. He didn't do anything. All right. But <laughs> but again, I don't know what the Raiders are doing. Signing Kenyon Drake to what thirteen million dollars? Like what? Like what? How what's going years? on with them? Was it two years? Two years, thirteen mil. I think so. Two or three. It was two or three years. No, but I mean him and Mayock and Gruden make some questionable. They decisions. well, they just they're not on the same page. I don't know, yeah. but like their de- the Raiders I, defense. Ah, I, I I don't like their defense at all. Really, at all. I, I really, really don't, don't like their defense. I don't like their defense. Their offense, again, I still there's a lot of questions. I like Josh Jacobs. I like Derek Carr. I like Darren Waller. That's it. Fuck that. I'm not letting you talk me out of it. Raiders number two. You, you mark it down. Mark it I'm down. Mark we heard it, we Raiders. heard it here. So number three, I'm guessing you have the Raiders. I have the Raiders. Okay. Until until Denver gets a new quarterback, Denver will be fourth in this to division. To be decided. Yeah, Denver so. will be fourth in this division. So, I think Denver's got potential with their weapons um, and potential with some defensive players on that team. But Drew Locke is not the answer. And he is not a lock to stay in Denver. He's not. And uh, they're rumored to you know, draft the quarterback for this year's draft. We'll see how that pans out. So with that said, number three, I got the Los Angeles Chargers coming in number three. And then, of course, Denver, Denver Broncos coming in four. Yeah. Um, I think the Los Angeles Chargers lost a lot of good pieces. Casey Hayward's gone. Um, Melvin uh, Ingram's gone. We went into that a little bit. I know that's not a big deal to you. It's but not. They bring a lot more than just skill. They bring a lot of leadership and, and stuff like that, too. You know? So, I don't know. I see them coming in three. So, I have final tally. Kansas City, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Denver Broncos. What if? The Los Angeles Chargers draft Michael Parsons. You tell me a linebacker is going to change my view on Mel- Melvin. Ang- Michael Parsons is more than just a linebacker. Michael Parsons edge rusher. is a pass rusher. He is. He is. I put him edge- in the middle and let him do his thing. He is. He is literally a hybrid all around. He rushes the passer, plays in the middle. He can edge rush. He can do it all. He could fill that void. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We will, course, but I don't see the I don't see Michael Parsons changing how I view a team in a one two three. Order. We will see. We will see. We'll see. All right. So um, next would be NFC East, but let's 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 actually let's hold off. Let's, let's save that for last. We're Eagles fans. We're Giants fans. We'll gonna, save that for last. We're gonna bicker. Yeah. Like, like There's gonna be some bickering. Like a troubling couple. Yeah. <laughs> this, well, we this, are a bit of a troubling we, couple. We are a bit of a yeah. troubling couple. So anyway, I think we should go with. Um, a, a division I've been dying to talk about, the NFC West. Number one, where do you see this uh, division uh, champion being crowned? Man, is this I a think t- we're agree. Is, is this a tough uh, Dude, one? I'm excited to talk about this. This division. is so tough. And, again, we have to see what happens here. My favorite player but, in this league, besides the Eagle, is Russell Wilson. So I'm excited to talk about this league. This division. Okay. So this this might seem a little crazy right now. But my – and I would have never picked this. If you asked me this a year ago, what would be my pick for this year? I would never pick this I don't team. Do it, no. Los Angeles Rams are going to 
win the division. We agree to number one there. Uh, again. 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 One. Matthew Stafford is going to be huge. Huge. For that, for that team. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, number two. Who you got going number two? That was a shit show. It's just so tough because, first off, you don't know what's happening in San Francisco. And you got guys coming yeah. back, too. So, San Francisco could be a huge factor. They could be the best team in the division. I don't they know. Maybe. I don't know, dude. Seattle. Like coming back. You know, George Kittle full health. Seattle, I just, like, as much as I love Russell Wilson and trust him. Love Russell. I, it, I just their offense really like sputtered out of control towards the end of the like the last eight games of the year. They did. There's they lost to Colt McCoy, the, uh, offensive coordinator. Russell yeah, Russell yeah. Well, he's gone. Brian Schottenheimer's no, gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. But so that could that could have a big impact on how they play. I still have concerns with their defense. Their offensive line just never seems to be good. I don't understand how they can never figure that out. I'm gonna go with the Arizona Cardinals for number Ooh. two. Your favorite quarterback. Uh, oh I think they oh added some more weapons on both sides of the field. They got Chandler Jones coming back, Buda Baker in the back there, JJ Watt. Uh, AJ Green is way past his prime, but still a viable option that will help Kyler. Uh, Chase Edmonds. Yourself. Chase Edmonds is an RB one. I will not have any Chase Edmonds slander on this podcast. Chase no. Edmonds oh, is slander. amazing no, he's not. out of Fordham. Yes, he is. He is, not. he is. he is amazing. He is a great running back, and he should have played more snaps than Kenyon Drake. It's different when you have like a running back one option on you, and I don't. I don't think he's going to bow well. Like defense is going to prepare for him a little bit better. He's, he's how can you prepare for a scat back like he's that? He's a decent running back. He is, but okay, I. You could prepare for it, but you have to you have to imagine Kenyon Drake's gone, so those snaps are gone. Those snaps are going to go to Chase Edmonds. But they're also going to have uh, Eno Benjamin back there. We can see who Eno Benjamin. <laughs> they drafted him last year. I know I'm decent just, running back. You can find running backs everywhere. But They'll Chase Edmonds is going to be the defined number one running back. Well, though, right? well, we'll see what happens in the draft, but he could be. Yeah. Okay, let's just say Cl- Kingsbury loves him. Let's just say we're like I don't know. Four months down the road, right? Yeah. That brings us to August. Almost on the eve of, like, you know, mm-hmm. the season kicking off. Chase Edmonds, you're running back one. You don't think that's going to affect him? Well, I- I'll say this. Your running back one is Kyler Murray. Oh. Just like Lamar Jackson's Dude, the running back one in Baltimore. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's what's going to be. All right. So, but, running back depth chart-wise, mm-hmm. it's going to be Chase Edmonds Edmund one. Mm-hmm. You don't think taking Kenyon Drake away, having that extra workload on Chase Edmonds is going to affect him in any way? They don't run the ball a lot. They don't. They barely run the ball. Right, but he's still out there in snaps. You don't think that's going to affect him in any way? No, I think I think he'll actually improve. I think if he takes on a heavier workload, it's going to affect his game. Regardless, okay. if that's in a okay. Regardless, if that's in like a pass protection thing, he's still going to take hits from linebackers for and sure. Blitz for sure. No, he's going to run routes. He's going to run the ball a little bit more. He's going, to, he's going to take out for your workload. I don't think he's going to pan out well as a running back one role. Okay, well, that's fine. But I still am going with Arizona at number two. I think they are a more complete team than Seattle at this point. As much as I love Seattle, love Russell Wilson, everything there. But I just – I feel like they're 
at this point, I feel like they just got to blow it up and rebuild because I think they're kind of they're stuck almost. Like obviously last year they went twelve and four, but their offense really kind of died down. The play calling and now Schottenheimer's gone. We'll see what a new offensive coordinator can bring, but yeah, their defense like I just don't see. There's not a lot of not a lot of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and I, 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 again, Seattle could win the division. And I, I love that. I, I, I always root for Seattle too in, in the, across the country, but right now I have the Rams at one Cardinals at two. I'm glad you mentioned Seattle there because Seattle's my two. I figured it because as long as Russell Wilson's there and, and and that's exactly and that's exactly it. And you won't hear any argument from me there because I can't. This is this division is a toss up because I think we both have San Francisco at four, and no, oh, we don't. Really, we're oh, your hate for Kyler Murray runs this deep. I just I just think this Arizona Cardinals team has bust written all over it. Um, well, you not... know a lot about bust with uh, the dream team, right? <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh, 10 years ago? Zing it, girl. <laughs> 10 years ago. But you guys had it yourselves too, right? 2016, you guys spent all that money on the defensive side of the ball. And, oh. I don't think we were ever really well, no, labeled you had, a you, dream you, team. You didn't have Vince Young up there. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. So that's the difference there. Uh, yeah. but, I also anyway, didn't have high I think high the Arizona votes. Cardinals are just so inexperienced-wise coaching with Cliff Kingsbury. I don't. I see them. I see them being a big bust out there. And San Francisco has a bad taste in their mouth from last year. I think they're going to come back with a vengeance. So, well, he, I think that's a, a, again all true points. Like San Francisco, they they could win the division. This division is such a toss up. San Francisco would come back and win the division. It's a toss up, hundred percent. But with the exception of the Arizona Cardinals, because they're going to finish fourth. And they're going to be happy there at Ford. Write it down, people. Write it down. Keep it Keep it here. <laughs> we'll revisit this later. Yes. So with that said, I have um, just a recap. Um, the Los Angeles Rams at one, Seattle Seahawks at two, uh, the San Francisco 49ers at three, and the Arizona Cardinals at four. And I have Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, Niners. Trash. <laughs> I think next the next division that we're going to touch on is the NFC South. So the NFC South. Uh, I, I mean, we're going to be number one here. I'm I'm sticking I'm sticking with the reigning Super Bowl champs. Yep. they have everybody returning, which is the first time since like 1979 where that's <laughs> happened. Uh, yeah. I believe that's actually factual. I, I I'm not right bullshitting. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, I think they're going to repeat as the winners of the division. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl but or even make it there, but I think they're definitely going to repeat as uh, it's champions Tom, of the so it's, it's, it's a big possibility. Exactly. Number two, uh, I think we're also probably going to agree with this. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Maybe we won't for some Dude, reason. It's in the air, man. It's up in the air. Um, regardless of who their quarterback is, I feel like their team is still deep enough to get some wins together. I'm going with New Orleans for number two. I'll agree with you, number yeah. two. There. I, I just – the other two teams have so many question marks. Yeah, I'm fighting with you with the Atlanta Falcons. That they might come really? in too. Yes. 
Um, but I'm going to hold back on that because they have a new coaching staff in there, Arthur Smith coming in. Um, so I think you're right in that sense. You brought up a good point. New Orleans does have a lot of still good skill positions, and they have a lot of they – have, they have a very good roster. And Atlanta has everything but that. I mean, they have skill positions, and when I say skill positions, I mean receivers. Did they get uh, any free agent acquisitions? Mike Davis. So he's their starting running back right now. Ugh which is a good thing for my fantasy dynasty team, but I don't really know if – I'm assuming they're going to add another running back in the draft. Oh, we'll get into fantasy when we get closer to the season. Sure, we'll absolutely. Yeah. But uh, So I agree with you. New Orleans Saints number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, who do you got? I have Carolina. I have oh. Carolina. Uh, I think they're way more complete than Atlanta. I think if one of the quarterbacks falls to them, Carolina could actually be a decent team. They have – uh, you know, they lost Curtis Samuel. They have DJ Moore, who's legit. Um, they have Christian McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. I, you assume they add another weapon there. McCaffrey's coming back for hell. Yeah. yeah. Their defense is meh. Eh. <laughs> eh. That's really all I have to say. They're not, not a good team. Not a good football team, but I still have them better than Atlanta at this point. But – Again, it all depends on what Atlanta does. Do they go quarterback? Do they add Kyle Pitts? I, I don't know. But their defense, their defense leaves so much to be desired. And they just I, – I hate following trends because I always feel like it, it's, it never really happens. But Atlanta just continues to shoot themselves in the foot year after year after year. Big game, small game, no matter what. I just don't know. Maybe with a new coach, things change, but I have them at four. Okay, so um, same one-two. Um, number three, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to finish ahead of Carolina. Um, I do like Matt Rule. Big um, Matt Rule. More than I like Arthur Smith. But I, I, dis- I disagree that I think Atlanta has a better um, – it depends what they do in the draft. But if let's say if Atlanta gets like Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Kyle Pitts, that's a that's a huge offensive explosion. Don't get me wrong, that's a huge offensive explosion. But a who's running the ball? Who's protecting Matt Ryan? Because if they go Kyle Pitts, that means they're not going quarterback. Right. And then my main concerns, it's not really the offensive side of the ball. It's their defense. Their their defense is just yeah, trash. Jones can't stand there by himself. You their, know? their defense is, is horrendous. Yeah, and not I'm not saying Carolina is much better, but Matt Rule at least has, like, got, he's a defensive-minded coach. That I think can come they have a better scheme. scheme. And then that, that, that's a different discussion, but – you're right. Defense for both teams is honestly big in question. Uh, Carolina does have the better defense, but I just see our, um, the Atlanta Falcons being better on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's going to pay off greatly for them. They're going to finish third. Okay. All right. So we're we're a little bit closer there. Uh, let's 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 move on to the NFC North. Okay. Uh, which I'm very interested to see your takes here because I feel like we're both going to have the same. First and fourth team, it's going to be two and three that's going to be interesting. So okay. first team, obviously, Green Bay Packers. Agreed. Uh, I don't think there's much dispute there for me. Uh, no, is you're good with Green Bay? I'm good with Green Bay number one. Figured as much. Yep. Now, two – so two and three are very interesting. Two – so you have Chicago, which I feel like is good – 
everywhere except quarterback, but you have Andy Dalton coming in now instead of Mitch Trubisky, who I think can do a lot more than Mitch Trubisky, which obviously Andy's past his prime and not a guy he that's part of there. He wasn't good in his prime. But no, no, no. Here's the thing is Andy Dalton was – he was good. He was what Kirk Cousins is now to the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. That's what Andy Dalton was. He took – he took – Cincinnati to the playoffs consistently. Did they ever win a game? No. no, but they were never really a good enough team to do that anyway. And yeah, sure, he might have choked a little bit in the playoffs, but he was a he was a middle of the pack quarterback. And middle of the pack quarterbacks can you know get the job done sometimes. <laughs> sometimes is the big key word there. Minnesota, though, I feel like they added some pieces. I think it's going to be really close, but I'm going to I'm going to go with Minnesota at number two. Okay, I'm going to go with Minnesota number two. It's tough. I can flip flop between them and Chicago. Chicago's got a legit defense. They have weapons on offense. Uh, we'll see what Andy can do, but I've I still have questions about what Andy Dalton is at this point of his career. Obviously, not like a a middle of the pack quarterback anymore anyway, but no, I still think a better option than Mitch Trubisky. And with Mitch Trubisky, they went 8-8, eight and eight, so who knows what they can do. I think Minnesota Vikings, though, they lost a lot of close games last year. Uh, they have legitimate weapons on offense. Kirk Cousins is good enough, uh, and you, you hope that they kind of bolster their defense uh, a little bit in the draft. But I'm going to go with Minnesota Vikings, too. I think you're right when you brought up when you first started with this that we probably had the same one and four. Mm -hmm. The two and three is going to be the big question, and it is because I have Chicago coming at number two, and that's because let's date back to our mock draft we had in the past um, segment here. We have Chicago going Rashad Bateman, so I think that's going to bolster the Chicago offense, and Dalton's going to have his weapons. He's going to have Allen Robinson and Bateman there, and uh, Miller. He's going to have a lot of a lot of good options there. And um, I think they have a good defense, too, as well. I really do. And um, and I just think Matt Nagy is going to create a lot of um, mismatches there in the offense with Bateman, Allen Robinson, and uh, Miller there. Um, I think it just creates a lot of uh, mismatches with the offense. Cole Komet, so too. Yeah, so I, and I, I have a finishing second. I'm a big Cleo Mack guy. So Be, Me, too. I, that, that was really uh, the toughest – decision for me I, I i could go either way i started off thinking chicago would be number two and i made a last minute switch to minnesota and you're uh, right though it couldn't go either it could or go minnesota either or, or there. chicago yeah it really could and in our mock draft i had uh minnesota taking michael parsons to bolster up their defense which i think is really the focus that is they that need to a total mike zimmer type of dude exactly it really is Exactly. I think he would do wonders for that defense. Yeah. So I would love to see that uh, if he falls to them, you know, bolster up that defense and let's see, let's see what Minnesota can do. But, yeah. okay. So we have green Bay. I have Minnesota, you have Chicago. I have Chicago, you have Minnesota. And then obviously 
fourth. No, man, I got Detroit finishing third and Minnesota get, fourth. Get, I'm the, just fuck <laughs> I'm get just the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I'm just fucking with you. Detroit very well may be the worst team in football yeah, this year. Uh, Houston Texans might have something to say about that, but Detroit be, Detroit's going to be picking top five yeah, next year, and that's going to be a potato no sack race. Exactly. Exactly, and there's really not much to say about that. Obviously, what they're doing is they're starting a new rebuild, they're a new regime yeah. under Dan Campbell. So not even – not argue, or not you know, trying to attack them for no, it. That's not. that's what you're supposed to do when when these things arise. So uh, they're going to be rebuilding. They're going to be bad. They're fourth in the division. Yes. Which brings us to our puppy, our <laughs> jewel of the East, yes. so to speak, the NFC East. Go birds. Go blue. <laughs> Go blue. Is that what they say? That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they, say. Okay. they say a bunch of other things too, but <laughs> I won't repeat them yeah. on air. Right. Ah, fuck it. I will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we have one going here. So number one, as it stands right now, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I feel like their offense. I feel like with their offense, with Dak coming back, uh, you know, adding some pieces on the defensive end of the football, yeah. they probably are the front runner at this point. I really think it's closer than people think. I think oh, it's a very interchangeable division. I think it's going to be, you know, across the entire season. Dallas is one of those teams too, that they, the win, the win random games and the lose random games. And they have, they always have, always seem to have a roller coaster year. No yeah. matter what, no matter if it's injuries, teams really do. no matter if it's injuries or what, they always seem to have a roller coaster year. Oh, man, just what? Like, I even think about this. I, I go to a lot of Eagles games, and I also, of course, sit at home and watch these Eagles games. And I just keep thinking during a game, I just want a game where I could watch and not feel fucking stressed out of my mind. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. It'll never it happen. And you can feel the same way with the Giants too. It's Always the same do, shit. even when they're bad. Yeah, even when they're bad. Which has been the case the last couple years. It's just things that they do make you want to pull your fucking hair out, you know? And then one day I just want to sit, crack open a beer, and just be like, hey, we're just going to put up 49 points on this guy. But it doesn't happen that way. What drives me crazy is even when I expect them to be bad and kind of like, you know, when I know they're going to be bad, I'm like, okay, you know, just lose as many games as possible. Let's get a high draft pick. Let's get a stud. I will still find myself – Ripping my hair out at just dumb decision after dumb decision or dumb mistake after dumb mistake. Because you're a fan, you have emotional attachment. It drives me crazy. I feel the same shit. It drives me crazy. Like I, I, let's date back to last year where we saw like uh, Nate Sudfeld overtaking Jalen Hurts in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter, and we go back and forth whether that was a right decision or wrong decision, blah blah blah. But even so, it just makes me want to pull my fucking hair out. Where it's like I want to win the game, but I understand. But you understand the process. Lose the game, you know. And of course, you you know what I mean. Exactly, exactly. But so I have Dallas at number one. Uh, This is very, and this is very close. Where again, the Giants are a very interesting situation because it's almost where other teams it's dependent on the quarterback, but other play the Giants it's really. It's dependent on the quarterback right now. I mean, yeah. obviously the offensive line is another factor, but of course. it's we don't know with Daniel Jones. Fitzpatrick, we know that okay, he's streaky and stuff, but you know he can at least perform. Dak, we know Jalen is somewhere in the Daniel Jones range, but he's coming off his rookie year where he's limited playing time in a weird situation. Daniel Jones went from a very solid rookie year to regressing tremendously. 
his second year. There's a I, lot on the table. Right now with what the Giants did in the offseason, I have them at two uh, just because I think that they're just going to play competitive football uh, across the board. And even if Daniel Jones makes some mistakes, their defense will keep them in games, and a healthy Saquon Barkley can also keep them in games, and he can do just enough to get them to win. But Washington's right there. That's interchangeable for me. So I'm just going to give you a, just one through four. I got Dallas, okay. the Giants, Washington, and Philadelphia as of right now. Okay. Um, but let me just – last thing to say please, on that. Please, please. Philly could easily jump to two or one like any of these teams can depending on the play of Jalen Hurts and if they give him some more weapons. That's really what I want to see from Philly. Okay. Is what happens with Jalen Hurts? I want to see a full season with him under center and having no Carson Wentz drama oh, or dude. Doug Peterson drama it's under huge. there. That's a big that that is huge on Jalen Hurts, and I'd like to see him perform again. As much as I hate the Eagles, like fucking despise Watch Philadelphia, Watch despise <laughs> the city. I I I, do, I I like rooting for quarterback. I like I, I like it. I like it. It's a shit city. Anyway, and I, I like to root for quarterbacks. I, I like it when the league is the best when court, and everyone has a good quarterback. So I want Jalen Hurts to succeed. Let's see what he can bring to the table this year. I think Philly's standings are all reliant on that. As okay. are the Giants. Let me start with saying New York is dirty as fuck. It is. <laughs> it is. No, but I'm dirty as fuck. So. <laughs> uh, Dallas Cowboys, I agree with you, is going to finish at number one. Um, let, let me just think about a conversation I had today. So I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I got my hair cut today. So, I didn't notice. Okay, you're wearing a hat, asshole. So I had this conversation with my barber today because we always talk sports and shit mm-hmm. like that. And we were talking about the NFC. He's a big Cowboys fan, Tevin Oliveira. Shout iconic, out, iconic barbers. Iconic barber shop in Glen Rock, New Jersey. Great place. Want a good cut? Nice, nice, great service. Please go to iconic barber shop. So anyway, I'm having this conversation with Tevin, a big Cowboys fan, and we're talking about the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, Red, uh, sorry, not the Redskins, the football team. And we, we, we came to the conclusion, we both agreed, that the Giants are doing whatever they can to make this team succeed. It's going to weigh on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. And one thing we noticed about Daniel Jones was that he does not sense pressure. He just holds onto the ball, and he has no idea defenders coming in his way. He he doesn't like evade any tackles. He doesn't do any of that any of that nonsense. Uh, so this team is going to weigh heavily on Daniel Jones. Um, so number two, I have the Washington Football Team coming in at number two, and I have the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at number three right now, and the New York Football Giants coming in at number four. Washington, okay. uh, I think. Is going to be a tremendous upgrade with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in coming at a quarterback over Alex Smith. Uh, as a previous pod, we stated that it was very hard to watch Alex Smith play quarterback. The guy couldn't move. You almost felt bad for him in a sense. I did felt feel bad for him. Right. <laughs> so it just it just made more sense to get Ryan Fitzpatrick there. Maybe he creates a Fitz, Fitz magic and all that kind of stuff. I know that's a big thing of discussion. He has weapons. He does have his weapons. Terry McLaurin's a great, a great receiver out there. And, of course, that defense is probably one of the best in football. It's going to be one of the best in football. 
Um, so I have Washington finishing there because of the, uh, the upgrade at quarterback with uh, Fitzpatrick. The Eagles, I think, are going to be better than people think. Um, and then they have the Giants at number four. Um, I know with the free agent spending, I don't oh, – I agree with the sense that the free agents, um, I think whoever spends big in free agency has a tendency to not perform well the next year. So that's why I have the Giants finishing number four, and especially because the big question mark that they have that they did not address was the quarterback position. What do you think? Well, the, what I, I I'm not disagreeing with uh, your whole evaluation of of the NFC East and how things may go because it very well could be like that. Uh, fans around the league know that the NFC East is the most unpredictable division in football, always. Uh, but I will say, with the free agency talk, yes, there is some data out there about a lot of the big free agency spenders end up not being some of the better teams. But there's also data out there suggesting that in recent history, a lot of those – and it's not every free big free agent spender, but some of the free agent spenders – are teams that fail to draft well. So there's been teams that have drafted well and spent on free agency that have been successful, and there's teams that have done the opposite of that. So I think that goes to show you how important drafting is in this league and how much of an impact it has on free agency, not only the players you go after, but the impact they have and the impact it has on a team. So – with that said, I think the Giants filled necessary holes with the with the free agents that they signed, and I think I think they have the the potential to be the second best to the best team in the division if all pans out. But that is all dependent on Daniel Jones and how he. We're going to find out a lot about Daniel Jones this year, and if he's this the is it. if if, if he's the guy, this is 100% it. if he's the guy. So it, it's really it depends on how Daniel Jones plays, how he plays, and yes, there's other factors with Jason Garrett and the offensive line, but it, it really all comes down to Daniel Jones. So we'll see how that goes. It's yeah. a it's an open open division. Any team could win. Which, you know, we joke about it being the NFC least, but it's still fun in <laughs> that really regard. Fun. It's fun because you never know who's going to win. You never know what's going to happen. So a lot, a lot on the table there. Yep. So those are our preseason, so to speak, predictions. We're going to re, yeah, pre, pre, preseason. <laughs> We're going to revisit that later on in the year. Absolutely. Uh, maybe even before the season starts and then during the season we'll evaluate things. Oh, but we'll, we'll do a whole breakdown. Like, absolutely. Week week. It's going to be around the NFL. Oh, for sure. For sure. But awesome. uh, before we end this uh, episode, I'd like to just do our top 10 quarterbacks for okay. the 2021 season, if that's good with everybody. Well, we're doing this in a sense because – I am very low on college. There's a lot of disagreements here. Yeah, yeah. And so, we'll probably go into more detail next episode. But let's just I, let's I, just list. I just off. want to spitball this right now because the big the big discussion was I don't value Kyler Murray. So I want to go division by division on quarterbacks. I would take ahead of Kyler Murray. So let's start with his own division, the NFC West. 
I would take both Stafford and Wilson over Kyler Murray. That's two. I would take, let's go to NFC North. I would take Aaron Rodgers. And I know I was flirting with this idea with uh, Jared Goff. <laughs> get out of here. I just know, just I get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Move on. Okay, so I guess just Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Kirk Cousins. Get out of here. Just, no? just get out. Okay, so even Aaron Rodgers is three for me. So let's go to NFC East. Um, I think Dak Prescott's the only one I can take That's here. it. Daniel Jones is hot garbage. and um, NFC South. <laughs> NFC South. Uh, I would take Matt Ryan. <sighs> I would also take Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That's it. Um, Carolina, who they got. Stop Tom it. Ridge Just Warner. stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> Matt Ryan shouldn't even be on the list. Okay, you, you, so, you took that off before. So that's that's the NFC right there. So that gives me one, two, three, four, five, six. Six ahead of Kyler Murray. Let's go to AFC. Let's start with the West over there. I would take Mahomes and I would take Herbert. Over, okay. Uh, Kyler Murray. That's fair. Derek Carr is up for discussion. Nope. Um, not even. Not even a chance. I don't know, man. He's uh... move past it. Move past it. Hold on. Let me just think for a second. Denver. Okay. So AFC North. I would take Lamar Jackson. I would take Ben Roethlisberger. I would take Joe Burrow. I would also take Baker Mayfield over Kyler Murray. I would take all four of the quarterbacks in the AFC North over Kyler Murray. Um, AFC East, this is going to rally your fucking brain. I would take Josh Allen, of course. That's not going to rally your brain. No. I would take <clears throat> Sam Darnold over Kyler Murray. I just want this to be known. I would take Kyler Murray at 14-year-old Kyler Murray over Sam Darnold. <laughs> Any day of the week. Sam makes good throws, man. Sam was never a at USC throws interceptions like it's his job. Okay. So the AFC South, I would take Deshaun Watson. I would take Carson Wentz. Oof. I would also take Ryan Tannehill Oof. over Kyler Murray. So Oof. that's three out of the uh, four over there. Um, I did North, East, South, West. Okay, I think that's all. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 16, please, 17. please, I would fellow. Take 17 quarterbacks over Kyle Murray. Please, fellow listeners, come back to the next episode and listen. I, I swear it, it's not. It, it gets better than this. <laughs> we're going to break this down, actually, next episode. But yes, we're going to get more. We're going to get more into that. But no, let's lose my fucking mind. Well, let's just, let's just quickly hit on the top 10. So I want to see what we do agree on. Okay. So just we'll rattle them off. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Great. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Are you going order wise? I'm going in order. Okay. Well, I just, I just did spitball. Okay. Number three, I have Josh Allen. Okay. Number four, I have Russell Wilson. Okay. Number five, I have Deshaun Watson. Eesh. Okay. Number six, I have Tom Brady. Number seven, I have I, – I think I'm going to take Justin Herbert, to be completely honest with you. I really think that he has those skills and those intangibles that I like. And this is all going into 2021. Uh, number eight, I'm going to take Dak Prescott. Okay. 
Number nine, I'm going to take Kyler Murray. And number 10, I'm going to take Matt Stafford. Why would you do that to yourself? Because I'm a normal human being. I'm a normal human being. And a lot of of people have Kyler Murray in the top I will rank my quarterbacks, but I just did quarterbacks I would take over Kyler Murray, by the way. Yeah, so give give me your top 10. That's That's what we want to hear. Okay, my top 10. Uh, number one would be Mahomes. Number two would be Aaron. Mm-hmm. Number three. Now it gets tricky. And I'm just thinking out loud here. I did not do it. I, I, I hear you. Uh, maybe Lamar. Uh, number four. I forgot about Lamar where I'd probably throw him in there. Yeah, number four I'd it's go tough. Lamar. Jeez. Um, um, Maybe I'd go – I'd go Dak here, I think, at four. Over Russ. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Over Josh Allen. That. I'm sorry. This, you know, I'm just spitballing here. Okay. So, okay, I would go Russ at four, Josh Allen five, um, Tom Brady six. Jeez. Um, Sean showing up anywhere? I mean huh? – Deshaun showing up anywhere? You know, I know Deshaun's there, but I'm not sold on him. Um, what are you not sold on? I I know he had a good year last year, but the team still went like what four and twelve. Who's 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 around him? Oh, you got Brandon Cooks. You got Will Fuller. You got Brandon Cooks. You got Will Fuller. Yeah, I mean, Will I, Fuller plays what thirty percent of the games sure, a year. Sure, but as a Cook, you're supposed Cooks. to make you supposed to be going around you better, right? Well, I mean, he that's, he, the thing, he, that's right? why he threw for forty eight hundred yards, thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions. Great. How many uh, wins do you get? Right. Are the wins all in the quarterback? Okay. Well, Who's the running back? We're doing Who's the offensive. We're doing line? a stupid argument. Who is the def- I think, defense? Okay, Deshaun Watson is the top ten quarterback. Stupid argument. Okay, so Deshaun Watson seven. Uh, I go Matthew Stafford eight. Um. Matt Ryan, maybe nine. Oh. Um, oh. And then Herbert ten. Okay, I I, I like eight, I nine. like some I'm of them. I like Herbert some. ten, and then I have, I have Herbert nine, and then I have a ten coming in. Um. And again, I'm, I'm just spitballing. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not prepared for this. I'm just spitballing. Tannehill. Tannehill has played well. He's played well recently. I don't have him top ten, but he, I, yeah. I got to give it to him. He has played well recently. But uh, interesting top tens from both. Uh, you know, let us hear what you guys think of our top tens. Uh, I, I personally think I got to. It's tough. I, I feel like I have to find a way to get Lamar in there. Uh, last year kind of left a little bit to be desired, but he also doesn't have a lot of weapons. Uh, and I'm also ranking Stafford in my top ten based on him being in Los Angeles. Uh, but Lamar's definitely hovering in that spot, probably in that 11 range, and he could definitely be labeled a top ten quarterback. But you had a lot of new quarterbacks coming in like with Herbert. Um, Where's Bill Carson? Where would I rank Carson? Yeah. I think he has potential this year to be, like, if everything goes well, a top 10 quarterback. But as of right now, with everything that's happened, I, you know, middle of the pack in the, in the teens somewhere. Okay. I have to, I have to wait and see. I'm, like I'm judging. 20, this is, this is, this is for the season 2021. 
And again, this, this, is, is, this is me without even preparing, looking at different, like even looking at the we'll, we'll definitely revisit this yeah. uh, at a later point, but that's what we're going to stick with right now. Yeah. Um, Tommy, is there is there anything else? No, Connor. I mean, that's all I got for right now. Um, I guess we'll dive into more shit next week. I mean, it's never, of course, the NFL never fucking sleeps. So um, I guess we'll have more material to go over with. Uh, I'm sure our mark drafts going to change. Do you want to do another mock? Do you want to do 1 to 32? Like, well, we can maybe do. Do you want to do something else? Well, there's a lot of things we can talk about for sure. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot, of more, a lot more news coming out next week. We're getting closer and closer to the draft. Uh, more prospect news. We can dive into some more prospects. Maybe we can even dive into what we think the second round is going to look like based off what our first round was. We can do that. Uh, we'll see. Um, lots to talk about, though, but uh, be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Beers on the Gridiron. And we'll have a lot more to talk about. Absolutely. Let's go. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay good.